0: What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with Joe's Kwame Fisher-Jones. And I am joined by my man Sports Talk Terry, also known as Everett Terry Jr. ET, what's good, E?
1: Hey, man, listen. I, I'm here to talk any and all things basketball. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> that was funny. It just sounded funny. <laughs> it's not like when they're Saturday night live <laughs> Like when they're imitating Stephen A. Smith or somebody, and they just come Absolutely. around... That's what it sounds. Anyway, so earlier and a few episodes back, you talked about one of the things I was right about, and I, I don't remember what it was, but that that's not the point. The point is, one of the things I was glare one of the things I was atrociously, painfully wrong about was Jordan Poole, and you, my friend, were correct about him having very little impact, about him being an atrocity with a basketball, about him having no shot at being an all star not even being considered as one of the top players in the league. And I was wrong. I thought there was a chance that he could kind of be, I think Kevin Garnett said kind of had the impact that James Harden had when he went from OKC to Houston. I didn't see that, but I thought he would be much better than what he is. And he's a travesty right now. He is a guard that averages three assists a game. He doesn't know the game. There was a, He was a shacked in a full moment where he was yelling about the clock starting and the shot clock not starting. It just, he's just been awful. He's been reckless. He's been undisciplined. He's taken, if he was to take a bad shot, we'd be happy. Sometimes he sh- he's one step above shooting at the wrong basket. That's how bad he's been. So my question for you is what did you see that I missed? What, what, ha- what the hell is wrong with Jordan? Poole? Let's let's, I'm going to just put it out to you like that. what, is wrong with
1: Jordan Poole. So the short answer is short answer. <laughs> he he believes that his poop don't stink, okay? But it smells like poo poo poo. Listen, there were rumblings around the league that he earned every bit of that knockout punch from Draymond Green because he was a little quick with the lip. And again, when you're playing in a free-flowing offense where you're the sixth man, and you just get the green light because all the attention is on the Hall of Famers in the lineup, it makes it easy for you to snap for 20 in, in 28 minutes of play because nobody's looking for you. It's the same thing you said about Mikael Bridges, although he did snap tonight in that game uh, against Orlando with, with you know a nice first quarter, but that's neither here nor there. Jordan Poole is a guy that went to a dumpster fire in Washington. They're trying to change it and turn it around, and that's all well and wonderful. But the problem is they don't have the coaching that they need to reel a guy like him in. And what this really shows is just how great of a coach a guy like Steve Kerr is. You know, sorry to draw the parallel, but it reminds me a lot of Mike Tomlin in the fact that how he hit all the interests of Antonio Brown and nobody really knew how throwed off Antonio Brown was until he left Pittsburgh and started to go everywhere else and people couldn't deal with him. And he's been out of the league for no reason, even though for one stretch of period uh, of time was considered not only the best wide receiver in football, but arguably a lock Hall of Famer. And now he might not even be considered. That said, I see the same thing in Jordan Poole in the way Steve Kerr was able to kind of manage and assuage because, as you know, coaching is all great X's and O's, but the greatest coaches also know how to manage character, personalities, and talent and know how to manage certain guys in certain ways that gets the most out of them but keeps the limelight where it needs to be in terms of team focus. And you're starting to see now with how he is in huddles, not paying attention to what's going on, you know, absent on the floor, like you said, clearly having blonde moments while he's out there running around doing God knows what, you know, within the offense, saying things like, "Oh, it's my team," and meanwhile, the the lead scorer, the alpha dog scorer on that team, is a b- begotten castaway in Kyle Kuzma, who's had a nice run since he's gotten out there because of the fact that he plays within the system. And all he really needed that he didn't get in L.A. was a chance to show people that he had a skill set and to grow a little bit. And so for him, when I see that and I also see what I see from Jordan Poole, the sad part is there's not that veteran that can pull him in and get him back on track and make him feel like, you know what? All right. I need to listen to this guy, and get myself together. And maybe I'm not doing things the right way. You know, we talked in one of the other segments about how attitude is contagious. Right. Well, the same thing applies when you're talking about guys. Uh, I'm sorry, you said injuries are contagious. I think the same thing applies to attitude. If guys don't have the right attitude when they come to the game every day, they're not coming there looking to work. They're not looking like they want to be there. That starts to rub off. We saw it a lot in Houston where uh, they had Christian Wood and, and Kevin Porter and those guys, and we see what a bad apple Kevin Porter is, but that's another conversation. You know, point is Jordan Poole has the attitude of a guy that thinks that he's better than what he is can he score the basketball yes can he do more than just put a bucket up periodically especially when the when the game plan is about him not from what we've seen can he turn it around absolutely he's young enough but sadly i don't know that he gets there with what it is that we've seen while he's in washington and i've heard that they're trying to move on from him in washington already 20 games in we don't want him anymore because he's such a bad apple, and that's terrible for that young man.
0: You know, I I, I don't know how true those rumors are because I've heard the same thing. I just can't see Washington bailing on him right it, this fast. But I will say this: I've been disappointed, and uh, you know that that that's that's kind of obvious. You you expect when you make a when you make a bold prediction for a guy to be better, but my disappointment in him was the fact that, well, my disappointment more lies with the coaching staff of Washington. I've long believed that coaching only matters when you have talent. That's when you can tell someone can coach. You referenced Steve Kerr early, and Steve Kerr should get credit for what's transpired in Golden State under his watch. But well, Wes Unseld Jr. is a guy whose father was a, um, a recognizable face and recognizable name in the NBA, and specifically with the Washington Bullets, later the Washington Wizards. But under his command, the Wizards slash Bullets were an atrocity. They were one of the worst teams, parentally, habitually, in the NBA. His son appears to want to carry on that tradition. <laughs> They've had quality <laughs> players on that team. Now, I'm being serious. And I'm not absolving Jordan Poole, but you said something. You talked about going to a dumpster fire. And one of the things that has to change is culture. Before you can change a player, before you can change an attitude, you have to change the culture of a franchise. And you can look up Wes Sunsell's tenure as general manager with the Bullets slash Wizards. They were awful. They had a one good run with Chris Webber, Juwan Howard. They had Rod Strickland in there. For George a And Exactly, George Miroson, a character, more of a character than a basketball player. But nevertheless, they and they lost to the Bulls. With uh, we had Calbert Cheney was on that roster. So they had talent there, and that was about as far as they got. When, unfortunately, when he passed, then they became, when they had Gilbert Arenas, and essentially the Golden State Warriors West when they had Arenas, Larry Hughes, and Antoine Jameson. they, they ran into LeBron and that, their success was short-lived. But then you had the gun situation, and, and Gilbert was never the, quite the same player. So the bottom line is that organization, I don't want to say it's cursed, but it, it's, it just has bad culture. With that being said, you hire a guy Wes Unsell Jr. whose father was part of that bad culture. Then you trade in, you bring in two guys that between them have two championship rings. Jordan Poole was I don't want to say the reason, but was a major factor, a major factor in why Golden State won that title. Kyle Kuzma was a major reason why the Lakers were able to win the title in the bubble. And that was one of the hardest NBA titles to ever win in the bubble because you stopped in the middle. You think of anything you do in life. If you stop in the middle and then have to pick back off, there's always a drop off. But Kyle Kuzma managed to stay mentally sharp and prepared and ready to play, and he had good moments in that championship run. They go to Washington, and they look like they've forgotten how to play basketball. You look up Poole's numbers, he's still scoring. He started out slow, but his last couple games were 30, 24, 26. Then you get an inactive and then you got 10, 19, and 14. He's the laughing stock of the NBA. Mm. And he is, he is that. Everyone in their mother is pointing to how awful he's been. Everyone in their mother is talking about taking him out in the backyard and smacking him around. Everybody's got something negative to say about this young man. And then you hear about trade rumors. Dude, you're not even 20 games into the season and you want to trade a guy. At some point, it's not always them, it's you. Every woman ain't crazy. Every, you know what I mean? Every, every, <laughs> you know, every job isn't trying to fit. Like, at some point, use your own oppressor. So Jordan Poole has been very disappointing. I just see a young man that, like, for instance, if and, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but let's say he were to go to my end. Would there be bumps in the road in the beginning? Possibly. But that structure, that discipline, that attention to detail that is Consistent, he would flourish. Another guy that, that that stuck in a bad organization, Zion Williamson. All of a sudden, Zion Williamson is a bad kid. It's like, come on, man. Oh, man.
1: So-, so I got two things. And I, I'ma agree. First thing, I think Miami is a great landing place for him. If oh, you never, want to- don't
0: even go down. You don't even waste your breath. That'll never, ever, ever happen. Miami will not, Miami doesn't have the horses to make
1: that deal. That's but, fair, but my argument my argument is, well, I, I, I could see a hero move for them because they kind of have a feeling on hero where he's always in the trade mix. And hero for Washington would be a win, a high-character guy who can go ahead and score with the best of them, blah, 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 get to be the alpha shooter, <laughs> you know, we have the ball in his hand. But the big piece about why Miami might work is because there's also an alpha dog in that locker room who ain't going to tolerate the nonsense, and we know who that is, that's Jimmy. Okay. And and, and so Jimmy would go ahead and call him out on his nonsense the same way Draymond did. Did he call him
0: beat out on his nonsense? Did he call him beat out on his nonsense? When Embiid was fat... Excuse me. That was wrong. I I take that back. He called out the whole Minnesota
1: Timberwolves when they were there, when he was there.
0: Allegedly, allegedly he was this tough, hard-nosed guy, but the fact of the matter is Andrew Wiggins went to a real leader in Steph Curry, and this isn't a shot at Jimmy, but he went to a real leader in Steph Curry and wound up Won a title and Embiid got a real leader in Doc Rivers. Who, despite what everyone wants to say about him, managed to get Embiid to do one thing that Jimmy Buckets couldn't do get him in shape, get him to play basketball. Jimmy Butler, and and this is and I interrupted you, but it, it, it's it's one of the things that bugs the stew out of me. Jimmy Butler has been getting credit for something Eric Spolstra, um, Udonis Haslam, and I even go, I'm even going to go one step above and say Kyle Lowry have been something that they've been doing every stop in their career. I uh, agree with that about being the, the Eric to piece. Fundamental, fundamentally sound, stoic basketball figures. Jimmy Butler went to that team and people are watching a guy who is who scores who who is a who is a guy who scores, but has not been the guy that can lead that team. And it's frustrating to watch him get mentioned like he's this great leader. He's not. Joel Embiid ran all over him. Joel Embiid was out of shape. Remember the airplane thing? Remember how Marcus Gasol dominated him? That was on Jimmy Butler's watch. Uh-huh. Was with Duke. That was on Jimmy Butler's watch. Brett Brown couldn't coach. That was on Jimmy Butler's watch. What would work in Miami is spolster and and Poole, But that would never happen because Washington isn't going to give Miami an asset for the next decade. Doesn't matter what they have. And when I say the horses, I mean the top draft pick to get that done. Bam Adebayo is a solid player, but in Miami, he's an all star. Why? Because their exposure knows what he's doing. We agree. So, you know, I didn't mean to cut you off and steal your thunder. It's just the Jimmy Butler thing is a sore point. So, sore, 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 but because he was in Philly and it didn't work out. And it didn't work out.
1: That was more because of Ben Simmons. That was more Ben Simmons and less. Than than anything else, I think that he realized the organization loved Ben Simmons had an infatuation with him, and they weren't going to move off of him or the coach. And he said, "Y'all pick him or y'all pick me." And they chose Simmons because he was younger, coming was off being the, the All and all that. And that's they why
0: chose he And that and that choice was the right choice because if you put Tobias in Miami, you had the same result. It, 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 and and but there's a whole show we could do on Jimmy on the overvaluing of Jimmy Butler. I mean, you know, but I want to bring you back to the point because you you were headed somewhere with Poole. You were you were just saying that he needs that discipline for an organization. And I
1: completely cut you off. Floor's back to you. Right. So he definitely needs that discipline in order to know exactly the kind of player that he can be out here. Um, I think he needs to go to an organization with structure. So we agree. You know, I had a conversation about this in him like two weeks ago, and something that came up that somebody brought to my attention was, hey. You know what do you think about him going to a team like say uh maybe detroit where they got a good coach Monty williams who could maybe pull something out of him (laughs) what do you what do you think about that and i said well personally i don't know based off of what i've seen that monty's the kind of guy that's going to be able to pull the best out of that roster with what we've seen because while detroit has talent monty ain't really won nothing either so I don't he know. Hasn't
0: done, with, hasn't done anything with talented players, and that's that my
1: point. That's what I it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I think it's- that's the problem with pu- pool, and you hit, you hit the nail on the head. Wow, I sound like a seventy year old man, but <laughs> you made a great point there. You have to have somebody that knows how to coach talented, different players. You know, and, and I'm gonna use Phil Jackson as an example. Phil got mm-hmm. the most out of Kobe, Michael. Kill O'Neill, right? Okay, that's great. You give them, you give them, you give them a pat on the back for that. But getting the most out of Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman tells you how great of a coach he.
1: is. Agree.
0: Because those guys were limited in certain of many facets of the game, but he got those guys to play at a tremendous. Dennis Rodman in Detroit, San Antonio was completely different than the Dennis Rodman in Chicago. The Dennis Rodman in Chicago was conducting offenses. He was telling guys where to be. The Dennis Rodman in Chicago was rebounding and showing up for the team when they needed him most when Scotty was going through a dispute. The Scottie Pippen in Chicago was a guy that was upset about a contract but still managed to come out and help lead the team to an NBA title. So, you know, he needs that type of coach. And maybe that's what Steve Kerr is. You see what he goes through with Draymond Green. But the fact – there's something there with Jordan Poole. Look, Kevin Garnett can be wrong. Paul Pierce can be wrong. Many astute basketball minds can be wrong. I can't be wrong. Jordan Poole is not this bad. He is not this local. Like something is going on in Washington that is feeding this dude into thinking that Bozo Ball is the way to go. And I look, I don't think they're going to trade him, but somebody's got to get a Kyle Kuzma's got blonde hair with with, with red lipstick in it. Something's <laughs> going on in Washington. <laughs> I mean, I say no lies. I say no lies. You haven't lied one bit. Even love one bit. It's easy to point the pool and say, oh, well, you know, we he's he's definitely not the player we thought he should be. And and that may be true. I'll give you another example. Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook. When they were in Washington, they were uh, a fringe playoff team. I think they made it in the first round of the playoffs. Scott Brooks was the coach. Now Anyone that's a stranger to the show, let me just say this. Scott Brooks is an awful coach. I never liked Scott Brooks as a coach. I felt like Mark Jackson should have gotten that job. And had he gotten that job, John Wall and Bradley Bill may have possibly. And Mark Jackson is a guy that I often go to that gets overlooked. There are other guys out there. David Vanderpool is another guy. But Mark Jackson is a guy that I look at that can get guys to play at a certain level and get them to stay at a certain level. But anyway, moving forward. And, um, Mike Brown's another guy that that does that. He's saying it with, in Sacramento. Yep. But even Russell Westbrook, for all his issues that he's had in other places, he never got in any arguments in Washington. He never fought with the fans. He never, you know, you never heard a peep out of him in Washington. Why is
1: that? And he backpacked back the it? team and dragged them to the playoffs when Bradley Beal was yet again unavailable.
0: Because it was such a mess in Washington. He just focused on the game. He just focused on the game. When he was in Los Angeles, there was so many distractions and there was so many other things he couldn't focus on the game and it affected his play. But in Washington, he found a way to be effective. Jordan Poole's got to find a way to do this because he ain't going anywhere. And he's not this bad. The guy that came up through the muck, the guy that was a first-round pick, Struggled, made it through the dream. I work, worked in Santa Cruz. It's two and a half hours away from society. Like I don't know, I don't know how to tell you. (laughs) It's two and a half hours away from society. And he put the work in to become one of the best young players in the NBA. He got bullied. It happens. He's got a man up. He's got to suck that up. He grew an awful mustache and he went down to Washington. He's got a really good
1: believer that he write checks with his mouth that his body couldn't afford.
0: No matter how you want to phrase it, he got beat by a guy that was he got punched in the mouth by a guy that was five inches taller than him and outweighed him by about 60 pounds.
1: Which is why you shouldn't talk crazy to him. But you don't don't let
0: anybody run over you. And it wasn't like, and look, I know what was said, I know how the conversation went. It's a two-way street. And you've never seen Draymond be you never seen Draymond quiet on a basketball court. So it's safe to assume, I tell you, that he was not quiet in practice. So it wasn't like he was just sitting there singing um hymns and Jordan Poole said what he said to him. They were going back and forth. And sure. a lot of people don't know this, but Jordan Poole was Draymond's guy. Like that was his guy. They were close. Now, were they bosom buddies? I don't know. But on the court, they were close. That was his dude. So to think, I mean, it was it was a lot of I think Andre Godala was a good cop. Draymond was a bad cop. And then another reason that I use the bullying aspect is because you watch, there are three coaches around Jordan Poole when he gets punched in the mouth. None of them none of them jumped to his defense. None of them tried to pull. Like they no one liked Jordan Poole
1: at that point. Which tells you all you need to know. If the coaches will let you get punched in the mouth in practice by a guy five inches taller than you and hundred pounds heavier, what is that telling you? That maybe that guy's and, and, a brood. All the issues that he's got. What is that, that telling you? Maybe he deserved it.
0: Possible. Well, I, I'm never gonna say at four at as grown men, another man deserves to get punched in the mouth. If you're defending yourself, that's one thing. But to say that the only way for you to des- the only way for you to resolve an issue. Is a punch a dude in the mouth? As a grown man, I'm never gonna say that. Not not just because the bottom line is we all have things to lose when we assault another person. That's so when those no ramifications aren't there for other people, then it's, then you know they are much more reckless. If Draymond Green was a construction worker, and a person mouthed off at him at Starbucks, he wouldn't tee off on him. And we've had worse things said to us in traffic. But so we've and seen and guys mine. in the club. We've seen
1: guys yeah. in the club tee off.
0: Yeah. And we see them leave, we see them leave in, in police
1: handcuffs. Not always. Sometimes dudes bought that. It just depends on the situation because there's always two types of code. There's life and law code, and then there's street code. Granted, they in a the workplace environment, street oh, code shouldn't <laughs> apply. But Draymond from the streets, he knows what it is. Draymond and- spent the first 18 years of his life in the
0: in the streets. He's almost spent as many as many years wealthy, as he has been as he spent broke. And I think it was the great Christopher Wallace that said this: "I ain't broke, so I can't rap about being broke no more." And he recognized that two years out of being broke. So I get what you're saying, and I and I understand this, it, I understand. I just disagree with it. But the point the, I want to bring it back to Poole and what he needs to do because I believe he can still figure this out. Oh, agreed. I believe he can still he can still make this work. What does he need to do to make? Well, obviously it's played better, but what changes in his game does he need to make to make this work?
1: Well, I think the first change is number one. This is probably the most critical change is he has to humble himself. He has to come in and practice and say, you know what, guys? <laughs> he has to come in and say, you know what, guys? I, I kind of came in here feeling myself. I got a massive contract extension. And when y'all traded for me and told me I was going to be the key to the franchise, I decided that at that point I'd arrived and I didn't have to remain the same hungry kid who was trying to crack the lineup with an all-star lineup full of perennial Hall of Famers. So understanding that I need to come in and put the same work in that I put to get to where I was in Gold State, I need to do that here. I need to lead from the front with the way I prepare and the way I approach the game. I need to make better decisions with the ball and play within the system that the coach has and be more of a leader. At this point, he's not a rookie anymore. He's a veteran, so he needs to be better for the young guys that they're bringing in. He starts doing that, win or lose, Washington will have struck gold for the next decade with this kid. If he comes in and maintains that, regardless of how many points he scores, it'll be a win for them. Can he get to 20, 20, and 5? Absolutely. It's not impossible to get to, even this year, because he's already pretty much there. He just has to play better getting to 20 and five and be way more efficient than these, you know, five for 19, you know, four for 21 kind of games we're seeing out of him so far in the early part of this season. If he gets around that 42 to 45 percent field goal percentage and starts to play more within the system, maybe Washington can go on a run, get some games, maybe make the play in. And now they have a building block with him and Kuzma as the key pieces of their offense. And then they add a piece or two maybe make a trade with some of their assets. I mean, I like Denny Avigia. You know, there's a couple guys that they've got there with some talent. They just got to find ways to let them play and, and, and find a way to milk them all in and, and get the most out of them. And that's where, like you said, coaching matters. I don't know that Wes Unsell Jr. is the guy, but I don't want to totally label him as being a, a, a carbon copy of his dad because you're right, his dad ran an awful Washington Wizards organization but only got the job because he was grandfathered and because of how he was as a player. Versus how he was as an executive.
0: You know, we we completely disagree on this. I think the first thing he needs to do is decide what he wants to be. I don't think he needs to humble himself at all, because in order for him to be great, he has to think he's great. In order for him to be one of the best, he has to think he's the best. I don't think he needs to humble himself at all. I I actually believe what he needs to do is decide if he wants to be a guy that is an elite scorer in this league, if he wants to be a guy that's a volume scorer, score in this league, an elite scorer is a guy that gets up, you know, um, shoots a close fifty percent a game, and is efficient in his shot selection. I would say an elite scorer would be a guy like Damian Lillard, or if he wants to be a volume shooter, much like James Harden, you know, th- that's what he needs to decide he wants to be, and he needs to to basically chase that. And if he doesn't, then it's not going to happen. Right now, he's teetering on trying to be a leader. He's not a leader. You're a dude with a bad mustache. You're not a leader. That's not going to happen. But what you (laughs) need to do is decide early on, I'm going to be this guy. I'm going to be effective. I'm going to be a monster, and I'm going to get my points. Win or lose, hella high water, I'm getting 30. That's what he needs to do, and he needs to be focused on that. He needs to train to that. He needs to be in the lab, finding ways, adding moves, studying teams. Everything else has to go out the window because you ain't built that way, dog. You're not a facilitator. You're not a passer. No, you're not a dunker. You're not no. a leader. You're in the huddle. You know, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to get the last shot. I'm not giving it to anybody else. That's what you're saying. Wes Sunsell Jr. Is, is irrelevant because his plays aren't going to decide on win, aren't going to help you win or lose. You're going to lose night in and night out. I think they've won three games this year and the three teams that lost should, be, should, should really question themselves what they want to do with their NBA lives. They're one of the worst teams in the league for a reason. They have a bad roster. Kyle Kuzma, while he's a guy that won an NBA title, has decided to just be a dude with blonde hair at this point, like I referenced. And Charlotte, you know, when you go through, I'm going to use another example, Trey Young. Trey Young has tried to be this double-double, get people involved. That's not your game. Don't let Quinn Snyder turn you into something you are not. Embrace who you are. And at this point, Jordan Poole, you are a scorer. Score to basketball. Stop trying to be cute. Stop trying to be pretty. Get your buckets. Get your shots. Wins be damned. Because if you win, at the end of the day, and I'll, give you, I'll sum it up like this, if the Washington Wizards win 21 games or 27 games, it ain't going to make a hell of beans difference. But if Jordan Poole averages 33 points and is one of the top three scorers in the game and has a, and has a chance to be an all-star or sneaks onto an all-star team, now you got something to build around. That's the most important thing. He becomes must-see TV. Stuff, all this, well, he's must-see TV like a four-car pile-up. Like, I can't even watch him. I started out watching the Washington Wizards, and I've now transferred into watching the uh, Orlando Magic. I have a team. Very exciting, division. man. Uh, you know, i tell you how much of a loser I am. I have a team in every division that I watch. Obviously, in the Atlantic, I watch the Sixers. In the Central, I watch Milwaukee. I used to watch Cleveland, but Donovan Mitchell has I, – I realize what Donovan Mitchell is. In Southeast, it used to be Atlanta and Charlotte. You know, they're killing LaMelo ball. They're they destroying That's LaMelo. Oh, what a surprise. And, you know, it was – so I was watching Washington. I can't take it anymore. I can't. I just can't take it anymore. And when you talk about the Northwest Division, it's Minnesota right now. Obviously, it's the Kings and Warriors out in the Pacific and in the Southwest. It was Zion for a while and Ja. We'll see if it's Ja. But, you know, Zion is another guy need to save. So I'm going I'm to wrap it up with a bull like this. We asked the question earlier today, what's the ceiling for Tyrese Max? And we both agreed that he's still got a ways to go, but there's an opportunity there for him with or without a beat.
1: Right. What's the ceiling for Jordan Poole? Uh, the ceiling for Jordan Poole, I say he's got the ability to be, you give him a year or two, he can be a fringe. Uh, like I said before, he can be a fringe all-star right on the cusp you know, maybe get somewhere between uh, 18 and 20 in terms of his rank in the NBA with his position and his scoring. He has to score better and more efficiency. Uh, But I think in terms of his overall talent and value, he's got the ability to get where he wants to go. I just think that he needs to put it all together. I mean, we saw in Golden State why it was that Washington wanted him. You know, he has that killer instinct. He has the ability to take over games. He has all that good stuff. But the downside, the problem that he has is the fact that, you know, that attitude, man, it's got to go. Like, yeah, I, I get being a scorer and, and having a am I'm I'm that guy mentality and that part is fine. But you're also not playing tennis. You're not bowling. You're playing a team <laughs> sport. And you got other guys out there that you do need in order to be successful, no matter how much you think you can do it by yourself. Because if they start triple teaming you, then you're never going to see 30 again. And, and that's the difference. You know, there are examples all up and down the career of guys. Uh, and I'll use Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest scores that we've ever seen, who could put them up there with the best of them. But he had to realize the only way he could be the successful kind of player he wanted to be is to start to believe in the teammates he had. And granted, it sucked when he had Smush Parker out there running around and he's depending on him. They went and got him some quality guys to play with. And then that's when he had that big conversation with Phil and had the conversation with Mike. And they told him, listen, if you want to be great, you got to trust the guys around you. And Jordan Poole doesn't have that yet. You know, these are the rare moments where we miss a guy like a Mamba who could have been a mentor to him and kind of pulled him in and say, listen, this is what you need to do to get to the next level. Still have that killer instinct. Still be that guy. But understand that you can't win without your team. And the moment he realizes that is the moment that we'll start to see better play out of him and the moment that he'll start to propel to the level that you thought that he would be and the level that I think he can get to.
0: When you reference the name Kobe, I got Kobe's story for days. But one story I can tell you that's fact is Kobe never trusted his teammates. Kobe would often say, "I've seen you come in after me and leave before me. Why would I trust you with this ball?" <laughs> it, it's, you Google it. If you don't believe me, Google it. Do your research. And by research, I mean Google. But so you don't you think he think Co- trusted Paul Gasol? Stop it. He, he loved Paul Gasol. Well, listen, he loved Paul Gasol. So he was more tolerant of Powell, and Powell would do other things. But rest but, – I mean, the man took – the man scored 60 points in his last game, took 50 shots to get it. Kobe never trusted his teammates. But the one thing Kobe had, in all seriousness, the one thing he had, may he rest in peace, rest in power, he Always. had a laser focus. And that's what Jordan Poole doesn't have. Yep What's his, what's his ceiling? It's yet to be determined because he has to show that focus. Because if he doesn't show the, if he doesn't show four air balls bounce back two years later, lead your team to an NBA title focus, it it, it doesn't matter how many points Ooh. he scores.
1: But I remember those air balls against Utah. Exactly. And what a lot of people don't know, throw this out there real fast.
0: You know, may he rest in power. That summer, Kobe was on South Street chilling. Just saying. Just saying. Then he got the work. But going back to pool because that's what it's about, his ceiling to me, his ceiling is yet to be determined because I don't. I still believe in the player that I, I saw. I still believe in the player that I watched in the NBA Finals. But I don't know if that player is still there. I believe it's there, but the only one that's going to be able to pull it out is Jordan. No West Unsell, no Washington, nothing else. There's no well, character. Big,
1: how out. much of that do we attribute, though, to Steve Kerr pulling that out of him? Because people only marginally heard of Jordan Poole coming into the NBA. You know, there's a reason he fell to Golden State where he did. You know, they only marginally knew of who he was. But Steve Kerr kind of honed it. And this goes back to the value of a guy like a Steve Kerr. He honed it and pulled a lot out of that young man and turned him into the best version of himself that we've ever seen at the pro level. And now all of a sudden he goes to a different team, different culture. And now he becomes like this, like huge like black hole abyss you know kind of player and it's like whoa where's the guy that everybody thought they were and that's where I go again where you say coaching might not necessarily matter yeah it doesn't matter if you've got the right kind of character guy with the organization but if you don't coaching absolutely matters absolutely matters
0: I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna defer on the Steve Kerr point because there's still some other young players James Wiseman's on line one Jonathan Kaminga's on line two. Moses Moody's on line three. And the list goes on and on that are saying, you know, what about me? Some of that credit's got to go to pool. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. I, 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 I just, right now, it seems to be a lot of people dumping on him. That's why I brought you in because I didn't want this to be a therapy session of me pleading with him to get better. I knew you wouldn't do that. I still believe it's there. The problem now is, it's funny, the guy's got to transition, from being around winning players and winning basketball to an area where no one gives a rip about you.
1: Yeah, they care more about politics than they do the bullets or the wizards or whatever they already exactly do. bullets or the wizards. And they care note, more about the com- they care more about the the the, the Commodores, you know, the, the commanders. <laughs> <laughs> on
0: that note, that's it for this episode of Unparalleled Sports All E Man. You're my brother. I appreciate you, man. Always. I will connect again soon. As for the listeners again if you enjoy this podcast make sure you subscribe like share comment whatever your podcast platform allows you to do for Everett Terry Jr. I'm Kwame Fisher Jones as always we appreciate your time and your ear you be easy